Ah, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are. You're listening to the Not The Top 20 betting show. Ali Maxwell and George Ellick running through some selections ahead of the EFL weekend. Last weekend, we had a reduced fixtures slate with the championship out of action, but it's back. So this week, back to normality, uh, a nap two sort of next best selections from us uh, and a bonus selection as well. Last week went quite well. We're back to winning ways with our naps. That's kind of the main thing, I feel. Two out of two. Uh, I had BTTS in Wickham, Lincoln, and George had MK Dons to beat Wimbledon, both successful. I also had a winner with Newport and under 3.5. And George, you sort of hit the post with a bonus, which was Fleetwood to win to nil. The the logic was sound, um, but... Oxford getting that goal meant that wasn't a winner. Uh, Before we get cracking with this week's selections, just a reminder to listeners that gambling's for over 18s only, uh, and it does come with risks. If you head to gambleaware.org, you can get a a clear picture of what those risks are, and we hope that you would go into any punting this weekend with the knowledge uh, of the risks surrounding gambling. George, how are you? All well this week? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, mate. Always makes me happy when I hear you talking about a slate of fixtures. So uh, tick that box already. So yeah, I'm very happy. it's a nice phrase. It's a nice phrase. And um, what I'd like from you... You need to patent it because I don't think anyone else uses it in the world. So it's good. Is that just not a phrase at all? I think so. Right. Well, in that case, but, I definitely will get the patent out. It seems yeah, to be... exactly. Could be quite valuable. Uh, anyway, <laughs> what I'm looking for you, George, ahead of this EFL weekend uh, is your best bet across the EFL, your nap this week. Yeah, the nap is Ipswich to beat Doncaster at, I mean, it's 49 to 50 with Marathon Bet. It's 10 to 11 across the board, so just a bit of odds on there. And, I mean, Doncaster have undoubtedly made a fantastic start under um, Darren Moore. They've had two games postponed due to Berry and Bolton situations, which means that they've played a few less games than most teams. Um, and the only game they've lost this season was in the EFL Cup, so they're unbeaten in the league, having won, um, I think it's four and drawn one. Um, and they have had quite a a bit of a, a boost, I guess, in recent weeks, where because of the way the pictures have fallen, um, they haven't actually played an away game in the league since, uh, I think it was back against Rochdale, where they drew, what, they drew one all on the 10th of August. Um, so maybe worth taking that good form with a slight pinch, pinch of salt. You look at the teams they've beaten, three very good teams, in my opinion, in Fleetwood, Lincoln and Rotherham, three teams who I'd expect to be certainly in the top half of the table, although we'll have to wait and see who Lincoln replaced the Cowley brothers with there. But they've conceded in all of those games. The one game they had away from home was against Rochdale, who made a very good start to the season as well. They drew that game one all. But I'm just wondering if maybe Doncaster are a little bit overrated here um, because of the, the way the fixtures have fallen, because they've only had home games. And now they go on the road for the first time since the 10th of August. So somewhat of a, an unknown quantity in that respect. Um, Ipswich, I had some concerns early on in the season about whether or not they were going to justify the hype around them, given just how poor they were at the back end of last season. But they've done really, really well. You're looking at the games that they've had. Very unlucky um, not to beat Sunderland in, in, in a home game where they drew one all. Um, missed chances to beat Peterborough before a, a late goal got them a point there. Um, they've only lost one game this season, which is also in the EFL Cup, in the Carabao Cup. So they haven't lost um, yet in the league. And their last few performances um, in the league. We'll, we'll ignore the Bolton 5-0 because that was standard practice, but they um, got themselves out of sight against Shrewsbury. Uh, we're going 3-0 up early on before sacrificing a fair bit of that game. But if you're looking statistically, 
They've conceded the fewest shots this season. They're only second behind Wickham for shots taken this season. Um, James Norwood and Caden Jackson have, have struck up a fantastic strike partnership. I mean, Norwood, of course, played as a lone striker last season for Tranmere, but he seems to really be relishing the role of, of being something of, of a target man alongside Jackson. So being a, a creator and a, a goal scorer. Um, and then the back, the back line, I mean, Wolfenden's had a fantastic start. Chambers um, come, really come into some form. Kane Vincent Young doing good things on the right-hand side. So defensively very solid as well. And they've got key players to come back. They won't be back for this weekend game. But Green Edwards come back. John Nolan's barely featured as well. Um, so Freddie Sears been injured. Can't believe you haven't mentioned so, Flynnadine Zidowns yet. Well, I was about to say. And then you've got the midfield duo of Colescuse and, and Flynn Downs, who are, fan, are basically a fantastic pivot in the middle of the park with, with Skuse doing the doing the legwork and Downs is um, kind of technical ability coming to the fore. So we've spoken about how good a job Darren Moore has done because of the players that he lost. Uh, and I think that really is the case because you look at the, the, the competition in terms of, of the, the 11s and Ipswich was undoubtedly much, much better. Um, I guess we'd expect Nylenis to come in for, for Kaz Sterling after his heroics last weekend. Um, but they're still just looking a little bit light, you know, looking at May Coppinger and John Taylor as being the three behind whoever starts as the striker. I don't think that really compares with, with Norwood, Jackson, Rowe, Downs and Judge uh, in terms of personnel. And what we're seeing on the pitch from Ipswich is that they're going to be very, very hard to beat at home. So at, at just a bit of odds on, um, I think we're kind of hopefully capitalising on the fact that Doncaster might not be quite as good as, as their kind of just form line suggests. I do think Darren Moore's done a great job, but this is a very, very tough place to go. And um, I think Ipswich have got enough about them to, uh, I mean, as I say, Doncaster haven't kept a clean sheet yet. So you'd think that given the, the Norwood-Jackson um, and how easily they're, they're in the goals at the moment. You think they're going to get on the score sheet and they're, they're very, very solid defensively as well. So it's going to be tough for Doncaster to break through them. Yeah, you've certainly convinced me. Uh, my nap is similar. Uh, uh, a home team that have started the season very well. It's crew in League Two. Now, just 1.83 with Marathon Bet. So it is a skinny price. But with these naps, we're, we're just looking to try and get the winning streak back up. I think we're 9 out of 12 so far this season, which is an acceptable rate. Uh, and and looking to sort of continue that, really. Uh, Crew are at home to Cambridge. Crew, with the most home wins in League Two last season, it became a, a, a fairly... It was just quite tiring, really. Every time we spoke about Crew last season, it was, goodness me, if they could be anything like they are at home when they play away from home, then they're going to be something quite special. And actually what we're seeing this season is that it looks like they have taken a bit of a leap in terms of becoming that team that can deal with away games, that can win away games in League Two. They've started really, really well in that regard. But at home, two out of three this season, they they were beaten fairly comfortably by Plymouth on opening day. But they followed that up with home wins against Walsall and Bradford. So they've played three of the four relegated teams uh, and picked up six points from them. That the big statement win, though, was away from home. It was at Grimsby last weekend. So notable, so eye-catching for a few reasons. One, the mere fact of an away win. Two, the fact that Grimsby had, had been with Crew, one of the, the more impressive teams in League Two this season. But also the style that Grimsby have adopted with James Hansen up front, who is just such a target, isn't he? And, and so effective. The fact that Crew were able to deal with a, a, a direct physical team away from home. That was notable for me and, and Grimsby fans, Bradford fans before them when, when they played crew, you're seeing the same sort of uh, phrase trotted out. This is the best team we've faced in a long time. And that's, that's uh, you know, a great, 
a great reflection on David Artel and this crew side. Um, we do bang on about the young players all the time because uh, crew are known for it and because they have some players who currently look like they're improving to the point of, of almost being too good for League Two. We're talking about Kirk, Perry and G's, my big favourite at the moment, isn't he? And, and you've got Lowry in midfield as well, playing fantastically well. But I think maybe I've been guilty of ignoring the fact that they've got Porter as their striker, 35 years old, Green in midfield, 36 years old, Nolan and Lancashire at centre-back, both in their 30s. So it, it's it's not a purely you know teenage or low 20s team. This, this, this has a bit more balance now. So... Um, yeah, I just, you know, I really like this crew team, essentially. And, and they're playing a Cambridge side I don't rate particularly highly. Um, they've been unfortunate in a couple of recent home games, certainly last week against Forest Green, Cambridge. But generally, from... from I, I guess they, they might be a little better than I expected from them at the very start of the season when I was concerned they might be dragged into a relegation battle. I maybe now rate them slightly higher than that, uh, but certainly no more than a bottom half team. And uh, I, that's the sort of team that I think this crew team, if they are the real deal, should be putting away at home. So as a what I'm hoping to be a bit of a home banker crew at 1.83 with uh, with Marathon, that's the best price that I've found on OddsChecker. A crew are my nap this weekend. George, uh, next best selections. Have you got anything from the championship this week as it returns? Yeah, I've got um, Blackburn regulation home win at 6-5 to five against Millwall. Um Blackburn season, I mean, Blackburn at home last season were brilliant. I think we've came to expect from them that they would be very, very solid at home and hard to beat and then fairly um, easy fodder for the better teams away from home. The home from this season doesn't read quite as well. They lost on opening day 2-1 against Charlton. Fair to say that form line has improved pretty drastically since we thought it was a bit of an aberration at the time. But Charlton have um, continued upsetting the odds every weekend. So that isn't quite as, as catastrophic as it looked. Uh, they beat Middlesbrough 1-0. They got a decent little draw against Cardiff as well. Since then, um, going to to the, to the Hawthorns and being beaten three-two in a very bizarre game um, against West Brom as well. So I think it's fair to I think there's enough evidence there since that Charlton game to think that again Blackburn are going to be fairly solid at home. I think the nil draw against Cardiff is an okay result. Um, I think Stuart Downing has been the, the surprise um, feather in the uh, in the cap. Get that one right this time for uh, for Tony Mowbray's team. Um, he's been a really good creative force from wide. Unlucky just to get one assist, but I think that at the age of 35, he's proving that he's still got a lot to offer at this level. Um, Sam Gallagher yet to get off the mark, but good to see Bradley Dack finally getting on the score sheet last weekend as well. Feels like they might be coming into a bit of form uh, at the right time after a sticky start. Um, Millwall had a very good start. Uh, they've drawn two games on the bounce against Barra and Hull, two teams who I don't rate particularly highly um, this season. Uh, a 4-0 away defeat at Fulham was possibly harsh. Um, but I think that the way they approach that game says a lot about how they're going to be featuring on the road. Similar to Blackburn, a team who, who normally are pretty reliant on their home form and happy to nick whatever they can get away from home. So I think the way that this game is going to play out is probably going to be slightly attack versus defence with Millwall trying to catch Blackburn on the break. But I think Blackburn have enough about them. Um, as I mentioned, the creative powers of, of Downing and Dak uh, and I think probably Neil Harris and Millwall and Millwall fans would would take take a point in, in what's a tricky trip to Ewood Park. So um, I think at six to five, there's a bit of value there for a regulation home win uh, for Blackburn to get their home form uh, back up and running. Very nice. I'm taking Charlton to beat 
Birmingham at home this weekend at the Valley at 2.35 best price with Unibet. Charlton obviously second in the table at the moment. Um, there's no secret that they are massively overperforming in in a data sense um well and in an expectation sense as well i suppose but you know you've mentioned it a few times the fact that they have at this stage taken the fewest shots in the league uh, just 50 shots taken so far uh, and the fact that they're in second you know just very simply is 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 testament to a conversion rate which is at 22% um which is twice the league average currently so um there's there's an obvious thing to say which is we don't expect if Charlton continue to take the fewer shots in the league and um, that they will continue to be second in the table but at the same time there's plenty to like about the way that they are um, playing in general the way that they have um, managed to to secure these wins once they've gone ahead and the fact that they are getting the ball into good areas uh, the quality of their shots is notably high at this early stage much higher than than anyone else in the division um, they are either um, getting fortunate, but maybe it's a bit nuanced in that. Maybe they are picking their spots, picking their moments a bit better than than some other teams. They've taken a very low percentage of their shots from outside of the box, just 22%. The only other championship team under 30% is Brentford. Uh, not surprising, really, given their sort of data-driven approach. Uh, most teams between 30 and 45%. So um, this is, this is uh, mostly about Birmingham. The last thing I'd say about, about Charlton is... In 2019 so far, they've played 27 games, uh, regular season games, won 17, drawn eight and lost two. There's 59 points from those 27 regular season games in 2019. No other EFL close uh, club is even close to that. So, uh, you know, chuck in the playoff victory and, and there's some serious, uh, this is just a serious Charlton side really under under Bowyer and under Johnny Jackson. They are a team that, that, just are not losing games at the moment. So they're playing against a Birmingham side that for me is really concerning away from home. They've chucked in some terrible performances uh, already this season. That win against Brentford on opening day that we remember for Pedersen's header from outside the box being uh, Birmingham's only shot. Uh, they've also been battered by Forest 3-0 defeat that could have been more. They were rolled over at, at Swansea in the second half the other day live on Sky where they, they, they battled hard to an extent in the first half to keep them at bay but never really offered much of a threat of their own um in fact this could be quite a strange game because it's a team with the fewest shots away from home Birmingham uh, against a team who've taken the fewest shots at home in Charlton so uh, I guess here I'm I'm looking at the strongest trend for me being Birmingham being very poor away from home uh, so I'm banking on that continuing I'm banking on Charlton uh, just for a little bit longer to to continue to to execute their game plans and and ideally as well continue this hot finishing streak and I think at, at two point three five it's a very very fair price and that is my next best selection. Uh, one more of those from you, please. Yeah, I'm I'm backing going against one of your favoured teams at the moment. Oh. Another one though, um, I'm backing Burton to beat Coventry um, at at home uh, at five to four. That's for Sporting Bet. Um, I'm just scarred by what I saw from Coventry back at the back end of, of August in their three-all draw against Oxford, where they were just quite poor. And I look into their other away performances this season. Um, they drew nil, nil all at Bolton, when every other team playing Bolton beat them 5-0. I mean, obviously, on the balance of play, they deserved to win that game, but, but they didn't and didn't exert the same dominance we've seen 
other teams. Um, they came back in an absolutely extraordinary game at Fratton Park where they were 3-1 down and uh, and down to uh, nine men by the time they scored their equaliser to make it 3 all. Uh, again, massive concerns in that game as well in terms of the fact that they were 3-1 down, uh, conceding three goals. And then even their last game at home, they were 2-0 down against Blackpool early on or coming back to make it 3-2. It feels like they are kind of on a cliff edge and are just managing to pull it back consistently. But huge kind of issues defensively. They were by far and away um, outplayed uh, at the Kassam Stadium against Oxford in the 3 all draw, um, despite being the only team who were ever ahead in that game. I don't know. I, I just feel like there, there are some pretty glaring uh, concerns for Coventry and it's going to come crashing down against someone quite soon because they are porous at the back and they cannot keep relying on late Callum O'Hare goals off the bench or just late comebacks at all and it feels like a more streetwise team will will punish them and, and won't be so porous at the back to let them back into it and Burton is certainly that they've really hit form at the right time um, a, a very no-nonsense well just frill, frill free I'm sure that Bristol Rovers fans will disagree because they had chances to go ahead but they beat them very easily 2-0 and um, and you're looking at the game against Oxford again, where the 4-2 win, you and I were both there. We both said afterwards how they're just such a canny team. And with the players they have at their disposal, I mean, Liam Boyce that day didn't even get on the score sheet, but he was an absolute nuisance all game. Uh, Lucas Aikens on the right-hand side, Quinn keeping the ball going. And then, I mean, in that game, it was Scott Fraser who scored a hat-trick. He looks like a fantastic player in the middle of the park. And, you know, the, you know, the, the defensive line of, of Burton and Brayford and Buxton, I mean, they're... And not the quickest, and you'd think that the likes of Haula um, and, and Jabello and, and O'Hare off the bench will look to turn them. But, but I just think that Burton will have enough about them at home to, to get past this Coventry team. And I think that maybe Coventry are being a bit, just a bit overrated at the moment because of the points they're picking up despite the precarious positions they're finding themselves in. And, and I can't see them continuing to, to scramble out with, with points. So... Um, I think if, if Burton exude the, the dominance I'm expecting them to in the game, um, if Coventry put in a similar performance to the one I saw them put in over 90 minutes, uh, I think that Burton should should run out pretty comfortable winners. So f- at five to four, um, I'd, I'd say this this would normally be be a nap, but I just really fancy Ipswich. But um, Burton, uh, the, the next best here. Okay, very bullish on Burton, uh, George. My last next best selection is uh, Reading to beat Middlesbrough away from home at 3.82. So Better than 5-2 to two we're getting here with Marathon Bet. It feels a bit like it's me versus Marathon this week. Um, Blades Analytic tweeted a, a graph the other day looking at, albeit at an early stage, sort of comparing the, the, the quality of chances that championship clubs are creating and then alongside how clinical they've been so far. Uh, Middlesbrough did not come out of this well. Uh, they were in the, the dreaded bottom left-hand side of the graph, which meant that not only are they not creating particularly good chances, very low XG per shot, uh, but also their conversion rate is very low. They've not been clinical at all so far. And, you know, if you dig a little deeper, things start to become um, clear. There are a couple of reasons for this. A big one is is Lewis Wing. We've discussed at length before his, his uh, ability to shoot from long range and to score spectacular goals. He's taken 15 shots this season, all of them from outside the box. Now, as one of your more advanced uh, midfield players, I guess there's an argument there as to to what extent do you want Wing to be taking 
shots from outside the box when he he does appear to, a bit like Harry Wilson last season, be an above-average long-distance shooter. Uh, And how much would you prefer Wing to be looking for higher-quality opportunities, maybe making an extra pass um, and and getting inside the box? So, you know, McNair as well has has a similar... Uh, a similar strike rate, 15 shots and and a, a lot of them outside the box. So um, this Middlesbrough side, I think, are are developing. They had an encouraging two-all draw at Bristol City before the international break. Um, but I think that generally they've, they're, they're still taking a bit of time to, to, to become a team that you can rely on. Um, their home games have been very tight so far. They lost 1-0 to Brentford. They beat Wigan 1-0. Uh, and they drew with Millwall 1-1. So it's hard to read too much into that positively or negatively, I suppose. Uh, Scout has them as the third lowest uh, for XG this season in the championship so far. So they are struggling consistently to create uh, chances. And I'm quite encouraged with Reading. Um, I- I've been encouraged with their progress, I suppose, in the last month or so. They did get Charlton uh, at the Majeski in their last game, losing 2-0 at home. Probably should have been 2-0 up at, at half-time in that game. Um, and I, I I just think, when I think about these two teams and how I'm rating them currently, I think Reading are a slightly better team than Middlesbrough right now. Um, so to, to get better than 5-2, 3.82 as we record with Marathon, I'm, I just want to make the most of that, really. I think you did the same with, with Reading a couple of weeks ago as well. Um, mm. I think I think the current setup suits them really well. This 3-5-2... Um, that, that really gets the best out of Swift, who has been one of the league's standout players so far, and Ajaria as well, who I would also put in that bracket. And they're different types of midfield player. They can complement each other well. Ajaria as the, as the sort of more skillful, more of a ball carrier, um, but a threat uh, as well from in, in, in terms of his finishing ability. And Swift as a pure creator and passer. Um, it, it means they've got Joao and, and Puskas up front as well. That's what the system allows. And I think that over time, those two can develop a fairly good partnership. So the three at the back, they can focus on, on keeping a somber longer quiet. Fletcher has been pretty good for Middlesbrough so far this season, playing sort of inside left role. Uh, but I'm, I'm confident here that, that this will be a close game. Um, and I'd rather be on the side of Reading, to be honest, especially um, at 3.82 with, with Marathon. So that's my last next best, which just leaves a bonus bet, George. What's your special bonus bet of the weekend? Yeah, I'm going against what I've been saying all season and annoying me here, but it's just a price I can't really ignore. And it's Bristol City at Stoke. I've been banging the drum for ages saying it's going to improve for Stoke, that they should persevere with Nathan Jones. Um, but... I don't think they'll be particularly looking forward to the arrival of a Bristol City team bang in form. Um, you're looking at their last couple of away games where they've beaten Hull 3-1 and Bristol City 2-1. And they, they did away with QPR, who are having a very good season 2-0 as well. They're just hitting form at the right time and, and they were unlucky not to be. I mean, in fairness, Middlesbrough played very well in the game last Saturday, the early kickoff, and giving credit for that. But it looked for a long time like they were going to be the likely winners there before ending up having to score an equaliser to get a point. Um, but for Stoke, this isn't ideal to come up against a free-scoring team. Um, we spoke a lot at the beginning of the season about how Stoke have conceded the fewest shots. They're still quite low on the list, but they're kind of creeping up, if that makes sense. They're averaging 10.2 shots conceded per game. Bristol City's biggest, I mean, surprise, I guess, is they're conceding the most shots per game in the whole league at 17. Um, but I think there's something of a crisis of confidence at Stoke at the moment um, where I just I can't imagine who 
could be backing Stoke against a, a bang and form team at the moment and uh, near enough even money. Uh, and the reason I'm taking the, the minus one, which is 15 to two, is because as we know at the moment with Stoke, if, if they concede an early one, um, it's not unlikely that the heads will drop. And you'd think that it's coming towards the stage of the season now where for Nathan Jones, it's crisis time. Um, and as I say, we, we know the Bristol City team um, can, can wrap up a bit of a score uh, with, with Benekafobe coming in. They've, they've finally got a striker who's getting in amongst the goals as well. So uh, the reason for the minus one is purely that, because, because there's a bit of a crisis at the club, because we've seen already this season when their heads drop, they can ship a few despite not really conceding many shots. And because even the you know the, the data side of things that, that were showing that the problems weren't that bad um, are starting to look a little bit worse now. They're also pretty low in terms of shots taken per game. Um, yeah, I think that this could unravel pretty quickly. So, um, to 15 to 2, Bristol City minus 1 against Stoke. Okay, my bonus selection is, you'll be shocked to hear, um, it's, a, it's a central defender that I think has a chance oh my God. of scoring first. And I, I am going to be stubborn with these because um, I think I've done five so far. Five central defender, first goal scorer selections and look that the, the bonus bet I want it to be a, a longer price I like the idea at some point of, of hitting a, a really nice winner and that these prices you know you just need two really in the season in order for, for me to come out in the green so I would like to point out that although didn't have any joy with Dallison last week uh, two of the five that I've picked so far did score first in their games Theo Vassell and Matt Preston so I don't know exactly what their prices were but you know, on on another week, on another day, these these. Are... Imagine if you just said for the season, it's the oversell each way. He'd probably already be there. Well, quite. I, I mean, I would be there, but that that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to work out what my approach should be in terms of like, <laughs> in terms of doing people more than once. And uh, yeah, I'm not. I haven't quite worked it out yet. But look, the the very fact that two of the five of them did score first last weekend that strengthens my resolve. And I've picked out Richie Sutton here. Uh, he's a Morecambe defender. They are away at Scunthorpe this weekend. Sutton forty-five to one uh, with Betfair. He is longer elsewhere, but I like to bet on these each way, so that if they do score any time, um, you still make a little bit of money. So uh, Sutton forty-five to one each way with Betfair. They're away at Scunthorpe. Uh, that's a big part of this, if I'm honest with you. Um, Scunthorpe. We've spoken about this before. They have conceded the most goals from set pieces. Uh, in the league this season, they've uh, conceded the most goals in the league this season. And a little bit like the Stoke situation, I think there are some parallels to be had. Um, a manager that we rate in Paul Hurst is really, really swimming against the tide here and really struggling to get this Scunthorpe team to be anything uh, other than than a team lacking in confidence, uh, a team throwing away goals and games conceding sloppily um, their top goal scorer this season is Rory McArdle with three he's a centre-back so really their, their only threat thus far has come from set pieces they've barely scored in open play the uh, understandably I think for the team bottom of the EFL having come down from League One last season having challenged in the playoffs in League One only two years ago the atmosphere in the fan base is fairly toxic again completely understandable and I, I guess I guess I'm envisaging a scenario here where a nervy Scunthorpe team 
take the field on Saturday against Morecambe, who are no great shakes themselves, but who, uh, as soon as they are, are going to have an opportunity to put a ball into the box, they will know Scunthorpe's weaknesses. They play with three central defenders. They've got plenty of targets as well. Um, and just looking at, at who has ended up on the end of chances for, for Morecambe so far, Sutton's had quite a few efforts in his last few games. So uh, I, I'm just envisaging this scenario where an early free kick inside the Scunthorpe half or an early corner for Morecambe just causes that ripple of nervousness that that, that you'll have recognised from games at the Kassam when Oxford are on poor form. And um, and yeah, and I, I think Sutton is as a, a decent pick as anyone in Morecambe to be getting on the end of it. So 45 to 1, uh, that's each way I'm going with Betfair. Um, and it's Richie Sutton of Morecambe to score first against Scunny this weekend. So, George, round up your selections, please, before we head into the rest of the day and, and, and leave the listeners with their own thoughts about their selections this weekend. Yeah, exciting day ahead of us as well. Um, mm. There's a bit of a teaser. Keep your eyes out, not your ears. Um, yeah, so my, uh, my nap uh, is Ipswich uh, at just a shade of odds on to beat Doncaster, uh, Blackburn to beat Millwall and Burton to beat uh, Coventry, my other two, and then Bristol City minus one at Stoke is my other. Good. And looking to better you this week, although obviously ideally we'd have a full house, uh, are my selections. And that is crew to beat Cambridge at home this weekend at 1.83 with Marathon as we record. Charlton to beat Birmingham at home this weekend at 2.35 and also Reading, the longer price pick for me this week. They are away at Middlesbrough, 3.82. I've got them at, uh, and Richie Sutton to score the first goal for Morecambe at Glanford Park on Saturday against Scunthorpe. It's been another joyous betting show, George. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you to anyone who has listened. Let us know on Twitter, at NTT20pod, what you think about our selections, and we love hearing what you have flagged up ahead of the weekend slate. Uh, We look forward to hearing from you and we'll talk again on Monday.